0: Uh, we are in a series right now. It's called Choices, where we're talking about uh, God's heart for people, their hearts, relationships, and uh, in this series, we're talking about choices for unmarrieds, for marrieds, for sex, for divorce, and since for today's, we're talking about choices for marrieds. My wife, graciously, i.e., reluctantly, i.e., willingly, has said she's going to join us. So I'm very excited about that. I will say this about my wife: My wife, um, Kathy, walks with God. I mean, she really walks with God, and she's a fantastic leader. She's compassionate. I wrote this
1: for him, told him what to say.
0: Yeah, she did. That's a lie. We're starting out with a lie from the pit of hell. Fantastic.
1: (laughs) Good. Good start, hon. Keep the lies going. (laughs) I
0: want a divorce. No, that's not true. Uh, So I pray, uh, but she walks with God. She also loves me and puts up with me and, very importantly, laughs at my jokes. So So, I appreciate that.
1: I've been laughing at those same three jokes for about 25 years now, but... They're really funny.
0: I told you, it's like a great movie. Like every time Gladiator is on, you need to watch it again because it's such a great movie. Same with my jokes. Okay.
1: So we want to welcome you to Grace today, whether you're in the Olathe campus or the Overland Park campus in the venue or the auditorium, maybe you're worshiping online, welcome. And really, from our heart, we hope that you walk away today knowing how much that God loves you. We love you, Grace Church loves you, but really, God knows you completely. And he is crazy about you. So welcome today.
0: Yeah. And that's one of the things I think people struggle with. Kathy and I have been talking about how people struggle with believing the truth. Can you imagine? Like pick out who do you love the most in the world? You should love them the most. Can you imagine them coming to you every single day and just saying, you don't love me. You don't love me. I got to do more. Like that's how God feels sometimes. Now if, if, that's all washed away in his love. That's how people, someone's treat God. So uh, Kathy and I, Kathy are going to teach week two of this series today and also week five with me in this series. Uh, that's a QA and a week. And so we need your questions on relationships. We're going to answer as many as possible. So you can either write them right now on your Connect card, type them on your Connect card or email us at questions at visitgracechurch.com. And uh, we had technical problems last week with this email address, which means we received no questions and have no idea where they are. So if you emailed us, can you please email us again? Because otherwise, we'll just look lovingly in each other's eyes. for.
1: So can you please email them again? Cause,
0: uh, I can just tell all my jokes, tell stories. We get to tell stories, honey. She doesn't like that. All right. All right, so can you recap? Uh, I taught last week. Recap week one for us. Sure. Last week.
1: So last week, Tim talked about choices for unmarrieds. And he talked about a promise that God wants people to believe about unmarrieds. And that's this, that God loves unmarrieds. And he, and the freedoms that they have with him. God loves unmarrieds. He does not say they're less than, they're unfinished, they're flawed. He loves unmarrieds just the way they are. And he loves the freedoms that they, they have with him. They often have more choices and less distractions in their mind, their heart, their calendar. He loves unmarrieds and their freedoms. But this is this week, and now we're moving on to choices for marrieds.
0: Yeah, so when we break up... Choices for marriages. We know there's two communities out there that maybe don't even want to hear this. Number one, the community that's hurt by the topic of marriage, and the others who think they, this doesn't apply to them because they're unmarried. So let's deal with both communities. First of all, this might be a hurtful topic for you. You're unmarried and want to be married. Or you're married and you're not happy in your marriage. Or you're divorced and you have this great regret about the past. So we want you to know, man, that God loves you. And our hopes are that you sense God's love and compassion. He loves you. He, he feels your pain. He bore it at the cross. The other community we're going to talk to are people who think this doesn't apply to you. And you're wrong because if, if you're a believer. Because if you're an unmarried person and you have Jesus as Savior, you're actually married. You're building a marital relationship with Jesus Christ. Here's the promise God wants us to believe this week. God designed human marriage to picture His heavenly marriage. God designed human marriage on earth to be a picture of his heavenly marriage. There's a heavenly marriage between Christ and the church. Christ is our husband. We together are the bride of Christ, which means you're building a marriage relationship. If you're unmarried, every word we talk about you need because you have a marriage with Christ. And then God designed human marriage. Here's what God hopes. When people see husbands, they see Jesus. When they see wives, they see the church. When they see a marriage, they see God at work. They sense God's love, God's acceptance, God's unity, God's intimacy. They see, they see God in that marriage. And so that's our topic today.
1: And we're going to divide the... Today's message into those two parts. the first part will be t- unpacking more that heavenly marriage, answering two questions, and then we'll move on to God's view on the human marriage, how it pictures our heavenly marriage, and two questions with that. So let me pray, and we'll get started. I will let you pray. Thank you. Yeah. I'll pray for you.: <laughs> Dear Lord, I do. I pray for Tim and I. Uh, we are nothing, Lord, and yeah. you are everything. You have the words of life. You have the answers to all our questions. You provide comfort, you provide direction, um, you provide strength, you provide it all. You show us how to love because you, sh- you loved us. And Lord, I pray that um, your words would speak through us today, your truth would speak to us today, and Father, I pray that our spirit and our heart and our mind would choose to believe it and choose to act on it. God, I thank you that we don't have to be run on emotions, but we can run on your truth. And I pray that we would choose your truth today. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. So four questions we're going to address today. We're going to talk about our our heavenly marriage first, that unmarrieds are a part of as well if they have Christ as Savior. Question one, how does marriage apply to every Christian? Okay, how does marriage apply to every Christian, even the unmarrieds, every Christian? is building a marriage relationship with Christ. Every follower of Jesus is part of the church. We're called the bride of Christ. He's the groom. We see this in Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5, by the way, Paul is talking about marriage. And he's talking about what godly wives look like and what godly husbands, how they act. And and then he gives godly advice for everybody, which every word applies to your heavenly marriage. Then he gives God's definition. God's definition of marriage found in, in verse 31. He says, For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So here Paul quotes Genesis 2.24. In Genesis 2.24, God defines marriage as one man. One woman becoming one flesh. God defines marriage as leaving your family, making a new family. That is marriage. For more info on that, please write down the most important words ever uttered in the history of the world on marriage and being single by Jesus. He talked about this, by the way, Matthew 19, 1 to 12. Matthew 19, 1 to 12 is the most important words ever on the definition of marriage. Why would someone say stay single? Our culture needs these words. And so back in Ephesians 5 then... Paul then says, God designed human marriage to picture that heavenly marriage. Verse 32, this, like all the advice for godly wives and godly husbands, this applies to everybody. This is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. He says, guys, all this godly wife, godly husband stuff is for everybody, whether you're unmarried or married, because we all are part of the bride. We all have a marriage relationship. Two more chapters to write down to unpack this further. Uh, 2 Corinthians 11 and Revelation 19. 2 Corinthians 11 says that technically we're not yet fully married. We're engaged right now. We have a fiancé in Jesus. 2 Corinthians 11. And one of these days, Revelation 19 is going to happen. We're going to go attend our wedding and have the marriage supper, Revelation chapter 19, officially get married. So how does marriage apply to every single Christian? Every Christian, whether you're married or not, needs this message because you're building your heavenly marriage. So here's the question then. How's your marriage? You guys who are unmarried, but Christians. How's your marriage with Jesus? By the way, no condemnation in this. You, you, Jesus as the groom doesn't want you to feel bad long enough. Sometimes we beat ourselves up and, oh, I just got to feel bad longer. I just feel like I, I just ruined, messed up. No, no, no. He doesn't want you to feel bad long enough. He just wants you to turn to him. He paid for the feel bad. He wants you to accept his love. He's ready to forgive you, desperate to hear from you, wants to speak to you, wants to lead you. He loves you. That's point one. Okay, question number two. Kathy, take it away.
1: Okay, at this point, I just want to share into our world that we've been working on a shared Google Doc, and Tim has written some notes I'm supposed to say right here. Sure, honey, I'd love to do point two. And I love you so, so much it hurts.
0: I like how you say that.
1: And you demand.
0: Yes, I wrote that for her. That's awesome. Was that natural?
1: Did that flow good?
0: I keep changing in services. She finds new sentences to say, which is just awesome. Okay. You did a good job.
1: Thank you. But really, seriously, how does Jesus love us, his bride? And from my heart, if there's one point that you would take away today, it's this point. Because the answer to the question of how Jesus loves us fuels every relationship we have or don't have. It comforts us. It, it shows us how to love others. And, um, well, how does Jesus love us? Let me say this part first. Jesus makes choice after choice after choice to love us with a sacrificial love that we could never earn and that we don't deserve. And you know, just this week, I have talked to married and unmarried ladies, and if you ask me, what is the thing that you talk about most as a pastor's wife with other women? It's this topic. It's women struggling to believe, like they intellectually believe, and yes, I'm saved, and I know God loved me, and God died for me, but like, do you believe God loves you today? Are you living in his love today? And they struggle with it, and if I could rip out my heart and teach them and show them, I would do anything. But it's, it's a choice. It's, it's what this series is about. I'm not a crier. I have cried more this week about this because I so desperately want people to know, feel, believe the love God has. So let's go to Philippians 2 and kind of unpack the picture that Jesus shows us. In Philippians 2, Verse 5, he says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So Paul's writing to the church of Philippi, not talking specifically to marrieds, but the whole church, the whole bride of Christ. And he's saying, I'm about to tell you something that is totally different, a different mindset that you have. This is the mind of Jesus. This is the way that Jesus thinks about me and thinks about you. In verse 4, he says, Who? Jesus. Being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. I'm just picturing that verse, what that meant. Jesus is in heaven. He knows he's equal with God. The, the angels, the angelic beings, they're praising him. They're worshiping him. They're giving him the glory to his name. They're calling him faithful and true and king of kings and lord of lords. Just picture that perfect place. I not mean to be sacrilegious, but it's like this... Heavenly God cave or heavenly man cave.
0: Yeah, so she, we were talking and she says, hey, hon, I, th- I think you know, heaven is like God's man cave. And I had two thoughts about that. Number one, I thought, that's a cool image. And number two, I can't wait to hear from Anonymous who thinks that's sacrilegious. So here we go.
1: But I don't mean that badly, Write <laughs> it in. It don't was... put
0: your name on it. Fantastic. Go ahead.
1: It was, it was the perfect place. Why would you ever leave that? But verse 7 says, Jesus made himself of no reputation. Yeah. Taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. Jesus chose to leave that perfect praise and glory and comfort, everything that he deserved, he left it. He chose to become a nobody. He chose to become a servant. Why did he do that? It's because he was thinking about you. And he was thinking about me. And he was in heaven going, boy, I'd really like Kathy to be here. I'd really like you to be here. But you can't get here on your own. And so I love you so much, I'm going to leave this great place and come down and do whatever it takes so that you can be with me, so we can have a relationship, because I love you. And verse 8 says, "...being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. The love Jesus has for me, his bride, is full of humility and obedience and sacrifice." And it was, again, unearned and uninitiated by me. He loves us. He loves you that much.
0: And yeah, I do want to point out a couple things that she just said. So Jesus, 2,000 years ago, he demonstrated two characteristics of love. Jesus submitted and Jesus sacrificed. Jesus submitted and sacrificed. Now hold on to those two thoughts. Uh, in addition, by the way, you know, Jesus as the husband, he's modeling for us what a good spouse does. That's the real marriage, the heavenly marriage. So what does Jesus do? You can write down what he does as a husband now, write down Romans eight thirty four and read it, Romans eight thirty Every day, Jesus as a spouse is interceding for us, thinking about us, being aware of our thoughts, caring about our feelings, praying for us constantly and loving us. He does that, continued every single day, the choice, 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 every day after day after day. Kath, to you give a story?
1: I did. I said that I've had multiple conversations about that this week. Yeah. I got a text this week from a lady who's married, been a friend of mine for many years, and as long as I have known her, she's struggled to daily believe that love that God has for her, and she texts, uh, can you please pray? I am really struggling mentally. I'm really down on myself and trying to keep my eyes on Jesus. You know, those voices in our head can be so loud and terribly destructive. You're not worthy. He doesn't love you. You know, trying to get us to doubt his love. But they are not the voice of our Heavenly Father. I'm really pleading. There's nothing more important for you to realize how much God loves you. And here's the thing. It's a choice. You don't have to feel it. You don't have to say, I don't feel God's love, so he must not love you. He tells you over and over again, he loved you, and he loves you. And it's your choice to believe it and to live in his love daily.
0: Yeah, one of the things I've been doing personally recently is writing verses down that I need to believe about God. And in my morning times, praying, I carry these cards around sometimes. You might even see me. I'm reading this verse, and I tell God, God, I, I believe this about you. Or, okay, I believe you're going to do this. I believe that you feel this way about me. It's powerful. That's our more important marriage. That's our heavenly marriage. How's your marriage? Okay, so we talked about heavenly marriage. Let's talk about human marriages. God designed human marriages to be a picture of his heavenly marriage. And so wives and husbands are supposed to do the same two things Jesus did. Jesus submitted. Jesus did. Jesus sacrificed. Guess what wives and husbands are supposed to do for each other? We're supposed to submit to each other and sacrifice for each other. And so, Kathy, what's question number three?
1: So question three is, how do wives specifically love their husbands? Yeah. And again, something I agonized over the week. How do I say this, Lord? What do you want me to say? Um, and simply put, this is a way that I can understand. It's a way that I can apply. is love your husband like Jesus loves you. Love your husband like Jesus loves you. That means that last point is so important because when I look to Tim and go, okay, that means God wants me to love him unconditionally. I screwed up. God loves me. He'll screw up. I should love him. Love is unearned. God doesn't go, well, if if you keep this list and you do this and you do this, then I'm going to love you, Kathy. He doesn't keep a list. It's unearned. My love to Tim needs to be unearned. It can't be a list that he has to follow. Another one, love is letting go of that position and rights. Well, we should be equal. He needs to give me equal time. Jesus said in Philippians 2, he knew he was equal with God, and he didn't, it didn't matter. He's, he made himself of no reputation to love us. So why don't I just make myself of no reputation and love Him, serve him, and submit to him like Jesus did for me? When I think of it that way, Ephesians 5 is, is a lot easier to do. Uh, and, but like Paul kind of leads us into it. First, he starts it in verse 21. He says, submitting to one another in the fear of God. He starts out saying, look, everybody, husbands and wives, everyone in the church are meant to submit to one another. What's the definition? Submission is just an attitude of willingness to serve one another.
0: Yeah, and I do want to speak to the guys here. It says, submitting yourselves one to another, which means if you're not submitting to your wife and to other Christians, guys, you are in sin, you're rebellion in rebellion and sin. And that also serves for the wives, too, the ladies. If you're married, if you're not submitting your husband and to other believers, submitting yourself to one to another is the church. It's sin. There's my mercy gift coming out. Go ahead.
1: But submission is not being a doormat, is not yeah. like not talking, it's not being controlled or being enabled or submitting yeah. in fear. It's something, like we said, in service, the, the example that Jesus gave for us, whether we're the church, husbands, and wives. But then the next verse in Ephesians 5, verse 22, he does specifically say, wives, in particular, submit to your own husbands. Now, if, it, if they'd stopped there, that would have been harder. But he, in the whole verse, he says, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Well, that makes it so much easier because then, wives, when you serve your husband, you're really serving Jesus. That's a lot easier.
0: Yeah, we talked about over the years, that's been an aha moment for us and for other people. That when I submit to my wife, I'm not submitting to my wife. I'm submitting to the Lord. When I serve my wife, I'm not serving my wife. She's not the object. If you have a person as the object of your service or worship, it's going to be frustrating. And you're going to stop doing it. But if the Lord is the object of your service... When she submits to me, she's not submitting to me. She's submitting to Jesus. She's not serving me. She's serving Jesus. It's a totally different mindset. He becomes the object of our worship.
1: Right, and then I know, okay, if he makes the wrong choice, ultimately, again, God is my spiritual husband, and he's going to fix it. He's going to work it out. I can trust in that because he's my heavenly husband that loves me. So um, am I going to choose to trust the Lord in that area? The next verse in verse 23 says, The husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Tim's not my savior. Jesus is my savior. Wives are a picture of the church, and it's that that larger picture of of God's heavenly marriage. And then verse 24 says, Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands, not any husband, but to their own husbands, in everything. Now, wives, we are in a fight, and this is hard. This is really hard. But he's not the enemy. Our spouse isn't the enemy. We are in a fight together to show the world the love God has for us, to show this inexplainable, forgiving, eternal love that doesn't make sense because God's love doesn't make sense for us. Now, those are good words, but you might go, okay, but how? What's an example? So I have like a, a funny little example and a bigger example. Because a lot of times that little bits of submission is in, is in the smallest of things, so just let it go. As an example, this summer we were on a boat, and we were tying up a boat at a dock, and I tied up the boat perfectly fine in my mind. I'm sure it wasn't going to float away in my mind. Somebody had a different idea. That I did it wrong.
0: So I don't fully remember this story, I really but I do know myself story. that if I retied some sort of boat, I was hopeful that this wasn't going to happen with the boat <laughs> floating away, but uh, I'm, yeah.
1: But here's the point. I Not could sure. have gone, I did that perfectly fine. Why don't yeah. you let me do it my way? And I thought, what does it matter? If he wants to tie it up that way, okay, let it go. I'm going to serve him, submit to him, show him my love, and let him lead me. It's, it's okay. Yeah. That's a small thing, but it's a thing that can just, you know, at you. let it go. And then, but the bigger things, you know, we have a whole week next week talking about the conversation of sex. Sex, when I talk... But we don't
0: have it. Another couple has oh, I'm it. I'm
1: so glad another person doing that. Sorry. That's honesty. I'm really glad. I'll listen, though.
0: Yeah, okay, so, too.
1: but that is a larger topic. And um, I've talked with a lot of women that'll go, well, he didn't feel, you know, fill my bucket today. He didn't do this today. I don't see him serving and sacrificing for me, and I'm supposed to serve and submit to him tonight? I don't feel like it. It's a choice. It's a choice that we can do for him because, again, God served and submitted to us.
0: One of the uh, couples in our grace group, one of the ladies actually was talking about what it's like, what unmarried people who are, have a marriage with Christ miss out on when you don't submit to Jesus. What are you missing out on? When married people, wives, if you're not submitting to Jesus by submitting to your husband, what are you missing out on? Here's what she says. He says, there are wives, there are Christians missing out on the fact that the highest authority, the creator of the universe, still has the last say-so in their marriage, in their circumstances. These Christians, these wives, are missing out on hope that the God of the universe will work everything out in this marriage or in their life for our good and for his glory for those who love Jesus. So, whether you're unmarried or married, here's the question, are you a person who loves people like Jesus loves you? Do you love people around you like Jesus loves you? It's part of, you can't, if you don't know how Jesus loves you, believe it. It's hard to do that. You have to receive that love. If you're a wife, are you loving your husband like Jesus loves you? Have you realized yet that when you serve your husband, you're not serving your husband, you're actually serving Jesus? It's a choice. Okay, we're going to go to point four now, but before I do, Kathy uh, got me back and wrote words I need to read to her, so here they are. Uh, oh, Kathy, I can't wait to take you out to eat today. I can't wait to fold some laundry.
1: And there's quite a lot of it, so I'm excited
0: about it. I will gladly submit to that. So, number four How do husbands love their wives? How do husbands love their wives? Uh, well, I agonized over this as well, uh, how to communicate to husbands. couple thoughts for husbands as we, as we go, and of course, this applies to every single believer in your marital relationship with Christ. The first thought is this, husbands, some of you are making it harder for your wives to follow the Lord. Why would you do that? It is hard enough to follow the Lord without you, with your crappy leadership, making it harder. Without you, with your lack of sacrifice and your selfishness, be honest, selfish actions, selfish lifestyle. That's my mercy gift coming out again. Our job as husbands is to connect our hearts so close to Jesus. That Jesus himself is showing love to your wife through you. It's the heavenly marriage that fuels the earthly relationships. How does it look like? You're sacrificing your time for your wife, your ego for your wife, what you want out of life for your wife. That's Christ in you, doing those things for her through you. Here's how God describes it in Ephesians 5. He's talking mostly, all of his advice, most of the godly husband advice, he's not talking to husbands. He's saying, husband, this is the high responsibility of what Jesus does for you. Look what he says, Ephesians 5, verse 25, husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her loving us that's what jesus did sacrificing i mean he he was whipped he was tortured he willingly laid his life down on the cross he did not come off the cross what he could have and he died he laid down his life for his bride that's us verse 26 that he might sanctify which means set apart and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word What our husband Jesus, again, he's up the heavenly marriage first. What he does for us is set us apart. His actions set us apart from this world. A husband's actions as a spiritual leader set your wife apart from this world and cleanse her with the word of God. You ever been in like, like, love a super long hot shower? You ever been there where you're super cold and okay, the shower is just so hot water pouring over you, so cleansing, so relaxing. That's what, Jesus, that's what time in the Word of God does. Just you bathe and cleanse and relax and say, yes, God's in charge. Even, even today, we were reading, we woke up, we were talking and praying, and just grabbed my Bible and just read some verses to us and verses to us and verses to us because we're trusting God in certain areas these days. And at the end of it, our spiritual condition went from, you know, here to here. Look what our, look what our husband did for us. Look what he says here. Verse 27, that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Like, the, our husband's actions change who we are for the better. Now he finally gets back to human husbands. Verse 28, so husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. I mean, there's the, there's the standard. the When Jesus is loving your wife through you, then when she hurts, you hurt just as bad as if it was hurting you. When she has a hunger, a need, you hunger and have that need with her just as badly as if it was your own body, like as your own body. Verse 29, so no one, for no one ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourishes, provides, and cherishes, loves it, just as the Lord does the church. Guys, what does it look like for Jesus to live through you? It's providing what she needs. She she needs care from Jesus and compassion from Jesus and a listening ear from Jesus and holding off on your perfect answer, which would fix her problem if you just shut up and listen to you. But you need to listen to her like God listens to you because he doesn't interrupt you and let you go on and on. And he's like, (laughs) I got the answer, but man, I love you sacrificing your time, sacrificing your efforts. Where she feels cherished, does she feel valued? Does she feel loved? Does she feel adored? Does she feel cherished?
1: And there are big moments and small moments that you can do this. I'll share a small moment and then Tim will share a bigger one. Um, just this last week, it a lot of pressure of putting the message together, four-year-old teenager, a lot of things going on. And, yep. um I know he would have liked to have done something for himself, but he chose to make me a fire, and here. This is true love, people. He watched figure skating with me, and his eyes stayed open, for well, real.
0: Hey, that's That a, is
1: a sacrificial love that's a, right there.
0: There's a triple Lutz. That's, I don't know what so a triple Lutz is, but it's uh, three Lutzes. And you I mean, loved it
1: too, right? So awesome. And in addition to that, um, he and my 17 year old daughter, Krina. Hi, Krina, if you're listening, um, shine my shoes for this weekend. Oh, yeah, look at those, baby. Woo-hoo! So that was, you know, what an act of love. Small things make a difference.
0: So there's another guy um, in our grace group who has been married for many years and really lived like a Christian husband for two months. I kid you not. Like he had revival in his heart two months ago. And he makes the comment to guys, so he wanted to speak to the guys. He says, guys, marriage is a very selfless relationship as God designed it. We have to pray for each other. Every day we have to pray for each other. Just pause and ask the guys, guys, do you pray for your wife every day? Every day you pray for her. He says, I've never done that in my marriage until two months ago. Years of not begging God for her. Here's what he prays for. He says, I pray for her happiness I pray for her to have joy. I pray for her to have peace. I pray, God, help my wife to trust you more than she trusts me. It makes the comment, when you love God first, you allow yourself to receive his love, a gift of unconditional love, it allows you to give unconditional love freely with the right mind and spirit. Now you're loving and cherishing and caring for your spouse as Christ would. It's selflessly, with no scorecard, No malice. If you're unmarried, are you a person who connects your heart so closely to your husband, Jesus, that you love others around you like Jesus loves you? It's a choice. If you're a husband, are you making it harder for your wife to follow Jesus or easier? Are you making choice after choice after choice to sacrifice for your wife? Because it is a choice. here's the deal. God designed human marriage to picture this heavenly marriage. Some of us are beating ourselves up, and that's not the way Jesus, your husband, wants you to treat this. You don't have to feel bad long enough. You don't have to do enough good things before you feel like you've made up for it. You repent. You confess for your sins. You accept his love. It's a heartbeat away. if you have a human marriage... He wants people to see Jesus, see the church, and see him at work. But it's connecting yourself to Christ. Let's pray. God, I pray that you would work in this situation, work in our hearts, in our heavenly marriage, that people would grow close to you. In our earthly marriages, you would connect us to Jesus, that we would realize when we serve our spouse, love our spouse, we're not serving our spouse, love, we're serving you, we're submitting to you, we're sacrificing for you. If people don't know Jesus as Savior, God, please, may they come to Jesus today as Savior.